Chapter 24 Dina shut her eyes. Every muscle in her body tightened. The chainsaw roared louder. Then it was turned off. Huh? What's going on? she wondered. She opened her eyes to see Farberson staring up at the top of the stairs. Hey! Farberson screamed, startled. Her entire body trembling, her chest heaving, Dina raised her eyes to the stairs. At first, all she saw was the beam of white from a flashlight. As her eyes adjusted, a figure came into view, a dark raincoat. A sleeve moved, a gloved hand. The hand held a silvery pistol. The pistol was pointed at Farberson. Put down the saw, Stanley. Dina recognized the voice. Then she saw Linda Morrison's stern face as the woman made her way down the stairs. Oh, thank goodness, Dina told herself. Farberson turned away from Dina to face Linda Morrison. What are you doing here? he demanded, quickly getting over his surprise. Who is that? Dina heard Chuck whisper to Jade. It's Linda, Jade whispered back. Linda Morrison. Linda stepped onto the basement floor. She motioned with the pistol. Drop the saw, she repeated, and move away from my friends. Farberson kept the chainsaw waist high. Your friends, huh? he murmured. He lowered his gaze to the pistol. That little gun doesn't scare me, Linda. I don't think you'd shoot me. Try me, she challenged. Farberson squinted at her, thinking hard. She moved steadily toward him, kicking empty cartons and garbage out of her path. You're not going to hurt my friends, she said softly. Farberson turned uncertainly, then began to back out toward the opposite wall. Linda, what's your problem? he demanded. I thought that you and I... She took another step toward him. Put down the saw, Stanley. I'm not going to warn you again. Dina swallowed hard as she watched them. It was as if they were involved in some kind of weird dance. With every step she took forward, he took one back. He was still holding the chainsaw with both hands, but the anger had faded from his face, replaced now by fear. Thank goodness she came to save us, Dina thought. If she had come a few seconds later... But Dina realized she and Jade and Chuck weren't safe yet. First, Linda Morrison had to do something about Farberson. I'm going to count to five, Linda told him sternly. If you don't drop the chainsaw, I'll shoot you, Stanley. He snickered. You're kidding, right? This is a joke. You can't be pals with these kids. He took another step back, his eyes locked on the pistol in her hand. One, she said. He backed up another step, bumping into a stack of cartons. Let's get serious, okay, Linda? You and I? Two, she counted. Linda, please. Now Farberson was begging. Three, she answered, her voice hard and cold. Is she really going to shoot him? Dina wondered, watching the tense scene without blinking, without breathing. Morrison had been in love with him. Would she really shoot him now? Let me explain, Farberson pleaded, taking another step back. Time's running out, Stanley, she replied calmly. Four. Linda, give me a break, he muttered. This is stupid. Let's you and I... Five, she shouted. She raised the gun. All right, Farberson cried. You win. I'll put it down. He swung the chainsaw down, but instead of lowering it to the floor, he gave the rope a hard jerk. With a deafening roar, the saw whirred to life. Morrison cried out angrily. Farberson raised the grinding saw and dove toward her. Dina gasped as she saw Farberson stumble. He fell over a carton. The saw slipped out of his grasp and clattered onto the concrete floor. He shot out his hands, his eyes wild. He grabbed at the air and fell onto the roaring saw. The shrill whine of the cutting teeth drowned out Farberson's scream. The whirring chain cut through his chest. Dina turned away, sickened. Then silence, a heavy, cold silence. He's dead, Linda Morrison murmured, standing over Farberson's body, sprawled face down over the saw. Stanley is dead. 
The horror is over, Tina thought gratefully. We're okay. We're going to be okay. I can't believe he's gone, Morrison said, sighing. It, it was an accident, Tina stammered. We all know you didn't mean for it to happen. Morrison stepped away from the body and turned to Dina. No, she said softly, not an accident. Huh? Dina glanced at Jade, who was still trembling, tears running down her cheeks. Not an accident, Morrison repeated. I plan to kill Stanley. That's why I came back. He just made it easier for me. She sighed and slapped the barrel of her gun against her gloved hand. Then she raised her eyes to Dina, Jade, and Chuck. Now I just have to figure out what to do with you, she said. Chapter 25 I'm afraid you've become a problem, Linda Morrison said, frowning. You don't need to worry about us, Chuck spoke up. We saw what happened. Farberson fell. It was his own fault. A total accident. Who's going to believe that, Morrison snapped. Besides, if he hadn't killed himself, I would have shot him, and he knew it. But I thought you were so afraid of him, Jade cried. I thought you said he threatened you. I was afraid of him, Morrison replied. I had good reason to be. He knew I wanted the money. And I knew he'd do anything to keep me from getting it. She began pacing back and forth. Dina stared hard at her. She was wearing a stylish new raincoat. She had carefully made up her face and had a new hairdo. Wow, I get it, Chuck declared. You were the one who hit me on the head and took the money. Congratulations, Morrison replied sarcastically. What a whiz kid. You mean you have the money? Jade asked. I have it right here, Morrison said, patting the pocket of her raincoat. I also have a plane ticket for someplace warm and far, far away. But, but how did you know I'd find the money upstairs? Chuck demanded, sounding very confused. How did you know I was here? Believe me, Morrison confided. You were the last person I expected to find. For months I searched this dump, but I couldn't find the money. Then I heard this afternoon that Stanley was released from prison. I knew he'd come here like a shot to get his money. So I drove here to wait for him, Morrison continued. My plan was to hide, wait for Stanley to get the money, then take it from him. But I found you here instead. She pointed at Chuck with the pistol. You already found the money, she chuckled. My lucky day, I guess. You hit Chuck and took the money, Jade said. So why'd you come back here? To kill Stanley, of course, Morrison replied casually. I didn't want to spend the rest of my life worrying that he might find me. But why? Dina started. Enough talk, Morrison snapped. I have an unpleasant errand to do now. She turned, shining her flashlight over the walls and a cluttered floor. Perfect, she murmured. She crossed to the other side of the basement and began gathering up some of the old rags scattered across the floor. What are you doing? Dina asked, feeling a chill down her back. Getting some kindling together, Morrison replied casually. I want a nice bright fire, and old rags burn so well. She placed the rags in a pile on the workbench, then crossed the room for more rags from the trash on the floor. When she had a tall pile of rags, she picked up Farberson's gasoline can. Then she raised it and began to sprinkle gasoline over the rags. No! Dina shrieked. Let us go. We won't tell anyone. We won't. You can trust us, Chuck said with conviction. We have no reason to tell anyone. You don't have to set a fire. By the time someone finds us, you'll be far away. For a moment, Linda seemed to consider Chuck's words. Then she went back to pouring gasoline on the rags. Sorry, she told them. I don't feel like taking chances. Dina leaned toward Jade. Keep her talking, she whispered. Maybe we can stall her. Did you know about the money all along? Jade asked. I mean, last year, before Farberson killed his wife? Linda snickered. Did I know? She exclaimed. The whole thing was my idea. Remember, I was the bookkeeper at Stanley's restaurant. I got him to steal money from the restaurant, 
and then I got him to kill his wife. She shook her head. He was stupid. He did everything I told him. I don't believe this, Dina thought. Linda Morrison was actually responsible for everything that had happened last year. I'm sorry, kids, Morrison said, but it's showtime. Wait, please, Dina begged. There won't be much left for the police to find, Morrison said, ignoring Dina's plea. But there should be enough to make it look like Stanley tied you up and then had an unfortunate accident with a chainsaw. She reached into her raincoat pocket and pulled out a lighter. Chapter 26 Dina watched, frozen in horror, as Linda Morrison fumbled around on Farberson's work table, searching for something. What is she looking for? Dina wondered, unable to stop her body from trembling. Morrison found what she had been searching for. She picked up a short stub of candle, about an inch long. She stepped away from the rags and lit the candle. Then she gently set the candle stub down on the table in the center of the gas-soaked rags. Please, Dina begged, please don't do this! And then Chuck and Jade were pleading too, all three of them begging desperately, watching the candle's flickering glow. Linda Morrison acted as if she didn't hear their pleas. When this candle burns down, she announced, it will set the gasoline on fire. There's so much junk in this basement that the whole place ought to go up like a torch. Please, please don't, Dina begged, sobbing. You won't suffer long, Morrison replied coldly. She quickly made her way up the stairs and closed the door behind her. They were alone now, alone in the dark, except for the lone dancing candle flame. Dina stared at the flame as if it were the center of the entire world. Its flickering light made the rags piled around it appear to be moving. The smell of gasoline hovered heavily in the air. We're going to burn to death, Jade sobbed. Stop it, Jade, Chuck ordered. We're not dead yet. Let's think. Think? There's no time to think, Dina cried. The candle is only an inch tall. As soon as it burns down, this whole place will burn like crazy. Think, Chuck repeated. Think. I, I have an idea, Jade stammered. Maybe one of us can wiggle over there, stand up somehow, and blow out the candle. Dina studied the distance across the basement, with their ankles tied together and their hands bound behind their backs. It could take hours to wriggle to the work table. By that time... Too dangerous, Chuck said sharply. There's too much of a chance of knocking the candle over and setting the rags on fire. Can we wriggle up the stairs? Dina wondered out loud. I, I don't think so, Jade replied in a shaky voice. It's so far and... Wait, Chuck cried. I see something. He struggled away from the wall, scooting toward the center of the room. Squinting hard, Dina saw what he was after, a twisted piece of metal. She felt the excitement of hope as Chuck backed up to the metal. He grabbed it in one hand and awkwardly began sawing it against the rope around his wrists. Hurry, Dina urged. Hurry, is it cutting? I can't tell, Chuck replied, working hard. I can't see what I'm doing. Maybe I can help, Dina told him. She leaned away from the wall and scooted over to him. Let me try, she told Chuck. She glanced down at the metal in his hands. It seemed to be a piece of an old door hinge. It's not very sharp, she said. But is it sawing the rope? Chuck demanded. Dina examined Chuck's wrists. No, no way, she murmured, unable to hide her disappointment. It isn't working, Chuck. Hurry, please hurry, Jade begged from against the wall. It isn't working, Dina told her with a sob. It's got to, Jade cried. The candle is almost burned down. Dina raised her eyes to the work table. Jade was right. The candle had burned down to less than half an inch. Chapter 27 The candle had burned so low that its light was partly hidden by the rags piled around it. To her horror, Dina suddenly realized that it might ignite the rags before it even completely burned down. I give up, Chuck cried, rolling away from the metal hinge. We've got to find some other way. 
Dina sighed in despair. If Chuck was giving up, then there really was no hope. Let's try crawling out of here, Chuck suggested. Maybe we can make it up the stairs in time. Dina knew that was a desperate hope. There was no way they could get out of the basement in time. She turned and saw that Jade was already moving across the floor. But to Dina's surprise, Jade wasn't moving toward the stairs. She was heading for the burning candle. Jade, what are you doing? Chuck cried in alarm. The gas fumes could set it off at any minute. Stay away from there. I know what I'm doing, Jade groaned. She was crawling like a caterpillar, throwing out her feet, then pulling along the upper part of her body. Jade, stop, Dina cried. It's too dangerous. Jade ignored her and kept squirming. She struggled over to Farberson's body. Jade, what are you doing? Dina cried. She watched Jade shudder in horror. Then Jade straightened her legs and began pushing at Farberson's body, shoving it with both feet. He's too heavy, Jade grunted. She shifted and, planting her feet against Farberson's shoulder, pushed again. Farberson's body slumped heavily onto its side. The blood-spattered chainsaw came into view. Jade paused for a moment, took a deep breath. Then she turned her back and began to rub the rope on her wrists across the sharp teeth of the chain. Oh, Dina felt sick. The saw bounced against Farberson as Jade pulled the ropes across it. Farberson's head then bumped heavily against the floor. It, it's working, Jade stammered. I can feel the rope. Ow! Careful, Chuck cried, struggling toward her. I'm free, Jade announced. She raised her arms, pulled her hands apart. The rope slid off. She bent quickly to untie her feet. Then Jade got up unsteadily. Ow, my legs are asleep. She bent over Chuck and frantically started to untie his ropes. Dina glanced up at the candle. It had burned so far down that all she could see was the top of the flame. Jade, forget the ropes. Go blow out the candle, Dina cried. Jade lurched toward the workbench. Not in time. They all heard the loud whoosh. Chapter 28 The rags flared like a bright yellow fireball. As Dina gaped in horror, the top of the workbench blazed up. Jade frantically untied Chuck. Then they both darted over to Dina to untie her. As they worked, Dina stared past them at the workbench. The workbench was smothered in flames now, the fire climbing the wall. Dina could feel the heat. She knew that at any moment, the whole basement could go up. Could they get to the stairs before the stairs burst into flame? Chuck tugged the ropes off Dina's ankles. She struggled to stand up, but her legs had also fallen asleep. She grabbed onto Chuck. Hurry! Jade cried. She ran toward the stairs. Holding onto Chuck, Dina followed Jade. A carton flared. The one above it burst into flame. Dina choked on the thick smoke that blanketed the low room. Up the stairs now, her legs still weak and rubbery. Up the dangerous stairs, the fire crackling all around them. Dina watched as Jade turned the knob, watched her push against the door, try the knob again, push. Then Jade turned back to them, her face twisted in horror. The door, it's locked, she wailed. That woman locked us in, we're going to die. Chapter 29 Thick black smoke billowed up the stairwell. Dina's eyes began to tear. She gasped for breath. We've got to break down the door. It's our only chance. Chuck and Dina stood next to Jade on the landing. On the count of three, we ram the door with our shoulders, Chuck instructed. Ready? One, two, three. Their bodies hit the door with a single heavy blow. The old wood made a cracking sound as it split. Chuck shoved once again. Harder. The door fell apart. Chuck pushed through the opening. Then he helped pull Jade and Dina out. As they staggered, coughing and choking, into the kitchen, an explosion from the basement rocked the house. A hot blast of air hurtled the three of them across the kitchen floor toward the back door. 
Dina gratefully stumbled out into the wind-driven sleet and ice. I'm out, she told herself. We're all going to be okay. Lowering her head against the storm, she led the way around the house and down the driveway. At the street, they turned back, in time to see the house erupt in flames. Then, over the crackling of the fire and the steady drumming of the frozen sleet, they heard a distant wail. The wail of sirens, fire engines on its way to end the horror forever. Another slice, anyone? Jade opened the pizza box and pushed it to the center of the coffee table. Not for me, Dina groaned. I'm stuffed. Is there any pepperoni left? Steve asked. Hey, quiet, everyone, Chuck ordered. This is the part my film instructor told me about. Watch. The four leaned toward the TV, where an old Alfred Hitchcock movie was playing. See where the plane's chasing him, Chuck instructed. That scene has been copied in dozens of other movies. Some old movies are pretty cool, Jade said. Do they have American movies you can rent in Australia? Dina asked Steve. Of course we do, but they add kangaroos to all the movies, Steve joked. Watch this part, guys, Chuck continued. He stared intently at the screen, leaning forward on the couch. Dina sat back and watched the movie. Chuck is totally into this movie course he's taking at Madison College, she thought. Dina still couldn't believe Chuck had decided to settle down for a while on Shady's side. But ever since they had escaped from the Farberson house six months earlier, he had become calmer, less wild. Maybe the close call really scared him, she thought. Or maybe he just wants to stay close to Jade. After Linda Morrison's trial, Farberson's insurance company had given Dina, Jade, and Chuck a reward. Dina's parents put her and Chuck's share in a college fund, which is now paying for Chuck's courses at Madison. Someday, I'm going to make a movie about the Farberson murders, Chuck announced when the tape had ended. Are you kidding? Jade cried. No one would believe it. The way I'll make the movie, they'll believe, Chuck boasted. You'll see. I still don't know much about what happened, Steve said. Dina never wants to talk about it. Is it true the whole thing started with a phone call? That's right, Dina sighed. We were calling people at random, you know, just as a joke, and Chuck. Here, let's try one, Chuck said. Let's make a funny call, for old time's sake. He reached for the phone and raised the receiver to his ear. No way, Dina shrieked. Furious, she grabbed the phone from Chuck's hand. Just joking, Chuck declared. Just joking, Dina. Was he just joking? Dina wondered as she slammed the receiver back down. She stared hard at him. Was he joking? Hard to tell, Dina decided. But she didn't like the mischievous grin on his face. She didn't like it one bit. This has been a Nightfall Audiobooks production of Wrong Number 2 by R. L. Stein, a Fear Street novel, Book 27. Well, that was Wrong Number 2. I gotta say, that was a lot of fun to do. It was fun to record the first book and then take a nice break and do some other stuff and then come back and revisit it. I really, really enjoy Jade, Dina, and Chuck. Their dynamic is great. The end of the story was pretty good, too, with Farberson accidentally falling and dying on his own chainsaw, and then the girlfriend saying, Oh, well, he killed himself because he knew that if he didn't do that, I would have shot him. Yeah, okay, but then she gets away at the end. Really, really tense scene at the end of the book there with another Fear Street trope with a fire and everybody is all tied up in a basement and stuff. Um, I wish there was a third book in this series and I wish it was a super chiller so we could explore these characters' lives a little bit better. I really like the first book. I really, really like the second book. 
you know, I don't know, I don't know what else to say. It's a great story. It's a, it's an excellent duology, and they are fantastic Fear Street entries. If you're interested in Fear Street, definitely, definitely check out Wrong Number and Wrong Number Two. So thank you very much for listening. If you want to, if you want to get in touch with me, you can uh, write me. In, if you want to get in touch with me, you can write me an email, nightfallaudiobooks at gmail.com, or check me out on YouTube, Nightfall Audiobooks. Leave me a comment, like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your mom, tell whoever you think that would like to listen to someone read Fear Street books. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.